Yo, welcome back to another episode of the New Balance Podcast. It's your boy H2O. And yes, we are back in the building. And can you believe it's about to be a year later? Why? Because we're back by popular demand with our mental health, trauma health, and all things health. My mind is playing tricks on me. That's right. You see my squad in the building. We'll talk about all the other fun stuff that's going on at the end. New Balance Podcast. Put your hands together for the doctor, Dr. Stacy Page, and for our CC, Naila Harrison. What up, ladies? Hello. Man, so good to see your smiling faces. Um, we, we, we've been doing some back, some back in the back, in the back room, kitchen cooking stuff. But um, it's good to be back with you. Man, can y'all believe we three years deep? It seems like Are yesterday. We? Oh, wow. Years. Seems like we just started yesterday. Yep. Yeah. This is this is our third year. This is our third year um, digging in. I think every year has been really good. Um, this year is going to be better than ever. Um, I'm excited about it. Um, for me, um, you know, forget the fact that this, my podcast, this particular um, series, when we do it, I really feel like the patient. Right. And so I told them, I'm like, I am the patient on here. So I'm going to act like a patient. Right. You understand? I'm going to lay down on the couch. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to ask for a, a juice box, all that. Every, everything patients get to do, I'm going to do all that stuff. And um, I think it's important um, when we talk about my mind playing tricks on us. Um, I think this season that we're in right now, today, as it relates to today, all of us at, at a greater degree or a lesser degree, we're having some type of bout um, mentally. And I think when you talk about mental health, mental trauma, we always, I won't say always, um, but a lot of times it's associated with the person in a straitjacket or the person that's so deranged and the person that's just out of their mind. And those are some severe um, instances of it, right? And we don't, you know, we don't take that lightly. We don't, we don't downplay it because we know that's very real. But I think the mental health that we'll be dealing with over this next four, three to four weeks um, is dealing with every area of life. And I think when you talk about mental health and you talk about trauma, I think we could have a conversation with anybody. So before we just delve into um the meat of what we're doing. I got to catch up with my ladies to see what's been going on, man. So talk to us, Naila, and tell us what's been going on and how you been. I'm good. I'm blessed. I can't complain. I've been studying for my counseling exam, mm-hmm. um, trying to, to look at other opportunities because once you have licensure, it's like the whole world opens up. Yeah. Right at the page. Yeah. So right. I've been doing that, <laughs> yes, and collaborating with some other friends on things that we could do to help others um, who are in this field and yes. to determine what we need to not just help the African-American community, but minorities and everybody alike, because it everybody. doesn't, mental health has no color, right? right? It has no color. It has no right. race. It has right. no religion. It impacts right. everybody. So yeah. in knowing that I, I work closely with a lot of friends who I have, I have a diverse pool of friends who are in the mental health field to yeah. try to determine different things that we can do to assist people in different cultures in every walk of life. I love it. I love it, man. And I want to say thank you, man, because I feel like I get to go on this journey with you. Obviously, when I first met you, 
where you are now, you were not, but back then you were talking about getting to this point. So to see yeah. your steps, to see your progression, it's exciting. When vision comes to pass, it is exciting, right? For God to give you an idea or for you to step out by faith on the idea and to see it come to pass, it's exciting. And that's what this podcast is about, right? This podcast is about second chances, right? That's what New Balance is. It's about us calibrating for success. And sometimes we make it seem like, hey, you take four, four laps around the track, you get to the end, they're going to raise the checker flag, but don't nobody tell you about in lap two when your front tire blow out and your second tire blow out, and then mm-hmm. you have, you need to get a new spark plug and, you know, three of the pit crew didn't show up and all these other things. None of that matters. You still have to run the race. So just kudos to you, man, for sharing that and bringing us up to speed. And, uh, man, hopefully we're going to get a chance to be there and smile with you, cry with you, all that stuff. Uh, Cause I'm, you know, I'm going to ask to say, can I have a word? Uh, this testimony service, I, I raised the, I'm raised her. I pushed her. It was me. I'm the wind beneath her wings. Y'all need to give me some. I'm going to take some credit. Right. I'm going to take some credit. I want some credit. Give me, give me some credit. Thank you for all your support. That's right. Give me, thank you. See? Thank you. I receive it. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of it. That's right. Thank you. So I just want a little credit. I want some kind of award. Give me something. So no, no, but I'm, I'm really happy for you and your family. So uh, thank you for the update. Dr. Page, what's up? Talk to us. Talk to us. Um, so good evening again. Uh, so with me, um, still working, so still doing mental health and substance abuse. And of course, um, every day, uh, you know, that number is going up. The number of people just relapsing as far as substance abuse, people dealing with the same mental health um, issues. So just still um, helping out in that area. I'm still teaching. So hopefully my role will be shifting um, mm-hmm. to actually training. Um, students that will be getting their licenses and their degrees in counseling. <clears throat> so hopefully um, if everything works out, I will have a new faculty position teaching in a counseling program. So I'll get to train the next generation of counselors. So really excited about that. Um, I think, well, since last year, um, I've started teaching in the counseling program. Um, so now I'll be on the other side of that, helping the students as far as internships and doing their practicums and their hours. So looking yeah, forward yeah. to that um, because we do need more uh, counselors in this field. We need more mental health professionals in this field. We are really short right now. We cannot keep up with the demand. Um, <clears throat> I have a lot of friends in private practice. And of course, the practice I work in, which is outpatient, I mean, we have a waiting list. So we have a number of people that are needing our services. Um, so I'm looking forward to just being able to help out more there. Um, other than that, just working, uh, still helping out in the community. So doing more community work now, which is passion of mine. So um, I'm sitting on a board of directors right now for a nonprofit. It's called Josephine and Andrew Helping Hands, where they actually go out and they feed the community. So I've um, mm-hmm. been helping out in the homeless community probably for about the last six months. So just feeding, clothing, and helping them out. I love it. As you can see, um, these ladies are very, very active and very, very busy um, in their perspective areas. And what I love about it is that's why I love doing work with them. Um, it could seem as though, well, hey, we just get together once a year and we'll talk about these things. But what I love about them, when you talk about mental health, you talk about trauma, you talk about um, substance abuse, all these different things, 
they are straight 365. And that's one of the things that attracted me to them. Um, and I believe that's what attracted them to me because um, we bought this like 365. And when I hear Stacy says that there are a need, we see the increase in volume. Um, let's do our best to be, uh, let's increase the volume of help. Let's uh, increase the volume of avenues where people can run into, right? And you're like, well, hey, I'm not a mental mental health professional. I don't know anything about mental health. Um, if you hang around during this podcast, we're going to drop some dimes and some jewels on how you can contribute. Um, I know many times when it comes to mental health, we don't think that we can, can uh, contribute. I didn't think I could contribute, not in the mental health field, right? But there are ways. And I think how we're going to talk about um, this particular um trauma and, and mental um, that people are dealing with, I really believe you're going to feel encouraged. It's like, I can get involved in that way, or I can get involved in this way. And I think the more of us putting our hands to the plow, we can make it um, so much better for our families, our communities, and places that we love and care about. So ladies, I'm ready to die. Wait a minute. Stacy, she, did she mention, she didn't say she, like, she didn't say that she's like, she owned her own she started on practice yet. Did she say that, Naila? Okay. No. <clears throat> um, so okay, update on that. Um, things are coming along well with uh, the private practice. So mm -hmm. um, I do have two partners that will be starting the practice with me. So yes. <laughs> hopefully uh, the next few months we'll have all of our paperwork filed. Um, we've already found our office space. So we're just mm -hmm. uh, getting ready to file our paperwork for our LLC. And then we'll be off to a start. So our target dates actually start in September. So just keep us in prayer for that. Yes, we are. I remember. Yeah, I remember. That's why I brought uh, we it are up. on track. So yeah, I'm we excited about that too. Yeah, all my Thank partners, you. listen, all of our subscribers, I want you praying, uh, coming to agreement. And this is why. Obviously, obviously she's not in our area uh, yet. She ain't in our area yet. But <laughs> I'll travel. <laughs> see, you see what I'm saying? Three, I told you 365. <laughs> Two this days is a what's week. powerful. Right. That's right. Two days a week. We can get it here, right? But what's powerful is, man, when you sow into something or you believe in something, you set yourself up for a reciprocal blessing. So even though that's happening there in Dallas, we can believe for the same thing to happen here in our area. God has proven that to us time and time again. So I could not let that slide. I wanted to throw it in. Why is it important for us to rehearse things that we've talked about in the past. So we need to have a track. God wants to have a track record. Remember we talked about God wants to have a marker. There's a place where we can look back and be like, mm, I remember God there. It was, it was there. Remember he told the man of God, I commanded the ravens to feed you there before he could ever go into his other purpose to get to the place. He had to go to the brook chair where God had provisions for him. So when we look back and I'm like, man, can y'all remember? It doesn't seem like it was five years ago. But look what God has done five years ago. So we have to put that out there. So when people go back and look at it and then we're in it. And then when, when Dr. Page is on Oprah and I'm going to be on that too. I'm like, Oprah, y'all give me, I want an award <laughs> or something. I know her. I've been knowing her since in the eighties. That's what I met her a long time ago. I've been knowing this girl. I'm right. trying to tell you, man, what? Huh? Come on. Right. We grew up together. <laughs> we grew up together, man. Gosh, man. I knew, come on. Uh, no, I won't do that. But it's not true. But I mean, if she'd have been in my class. I would have been trying to cheat off her work. That's a known fact. I would have, <laughs> I would have cheated <laughs> off her work. We didn't take any class together, but no, I think I did. He's a few years ahead of me. That's right. So, but <laughs> hey, 
it's I'm like, this is a true statement. It's like, oh, come on, Harry. Yes, I did. I used to. Hey, that's a whole nother podcast. We'll talk about it maybe some, but I did. I used to. Mm, yeah. Anyway, Stacey, she was smart. Very smart. Brain act. All right. Let's do a podcast. All right. Um, we back. Can I mention? Yes, please. The success that we had when you came and spoke at the Survivor oh, Center. Come, I'm not. Come on. I'm not emis- okay. I'm not emotionally equipped. I just want to say. Okay, you can say it. Spoke at the Survivor Center, guys. Okay. Um, it was mostly ladies. It's a nonprofit yeah. that caters to domestic violence and sexual assault survivors. So yeah. the ladies from the shelter came over, and he truly blessed them. It was Thank an you. emotional, um, yeah. it was just, it was an amazing experience. And to be able to see him in that element, the same yeah. thing you get from him in the podcast, people had the opportunity to get that face-to-face from him. And it was, oh, wow. it, it was, I can't think of the word. I yeah. can't even think of the word. It was amazing to see him in that element though. Yeah. But he did an amazing job. He inspired, he motivated, yeah. he encouraged. And all the ladies walk. We had people crying in the audience. They were oh, like, man. everything he said is what I needed to hear. So wow. while you're giving us our flowers while we're here, we want to give you some too. Okay. I received I received that. You know, um, you brought that up. That was, it was very, that was a very emotional night. Um, I think the ladies there um, who were listening and receiving, they could take it as, I was up on that platform, which looks like an elevated place, but they don't know I sat where they sat. Um, I know what it's like when my mom had to restart. And that's what I was sharing. I was home back home yesterday and I was talking about how I ended up in Palestine. It wasn't a good situation. We went there because my mom found herself needing to start over. And sometimes, you know, thank God for family. And we couldn't have done it without our family, but we also needed that community to help us renew, we, uh, renew, restore and rejuvenate our lives. So those ladies, man, it was, it was, it was, that was hard for me to do because I'm very sensitive to that. I understand what that means, but look out of it, out of the darkness, out of the muck and mire, um, God, um, greatness, he brings greatness out of it. And all of those ladies that were there, um, the fact that they're still surviving and, and pushing forward, that's a lot. So we got to, we have to do that. So Thank you, Naila and uh, Tavaria. Shout them out. Thank them for having me. And, and hopefully we'll do some stuff in the future as well. All right. So now, see, I told you, man, Alan got me all emotional, man. I might need to wash my tears and stuff and all this, man. I ain't trying to be all that, but it's all good. Because uh, when we did, when we deal with mental health and trauma, maybe this is a good segue for me to come into it. Um, trauma um, will make you act out of character and make you do things that you wouldn't normally do. And so for some of us who are trying to figure things out, uh, for some of us who are, feel like you're on your last leg, you like only have a few more hours left on this battery and then my battery is going to be out. Um, For you who are getting ready to throw the towel in, uh, for those of you that may have thrown the towel in and say, this is the best I can do, this is going to be my lot in life. We bring good news today to tell you that there is hope, right? There is hope. There is definitely healing and there's definitely help for you. So as I always say, the measure of a man is not who he is. The measure of a man is who he's not. And I understand um, as much as I'm passionate about this conversation, 
and the subject, I understand that I needed help to come alongside me, to help me um, talk, have this conversation. And so I have help in the building. So ladies, I, I want to make a statement and then I'm, I'm going to turn you loose. Um, I'm going to turn you loose. Uh, when we talk about mental health, and I think we talked about it in so many different ways, this was a thought that kind of came to mind, and y'all helped me with this. When I thought about mental health and I thought about trauma, I literally thought about somebody being on fire. I mean, engulfed in flames. And when I thought about them being on fire and engulfed in flames, automatically, the tendency is to run when you're on fire. It is like a, it's a natural reaction and it's a natural, a natural reaction because of fear. The only thing you're thinking about is life and death. And I don't care who you, who you, um, who catches on fire, you put them on fire. The only people that don't take off and run are people who've been taught that when you are on fire, you stop, drop and roll. It's something that has to be taught. And so if we're talking about mental health and trauma in our families, in our communities, over time, over different dispensations and seasons, we've seen people on fire and we've seen people do what? Take off and run. Mm -hmm. We see people running. You see people running for years. And what happens when you are on fire and you're running? In your mind, it's like, if I run fast enough, I can put the fire out. But we know fire when you run like that, it gives the fire air and it makes the fire breathe. It gives it more strength. It makes it stronger and it lasts longer. So if you could think of mental health and trauma in that way, we got to get to the point where we got to stop running. We got to stop, drop and roll. And I know that's, that's easier said than done. So we have to be taught. So I have the teachers on today. Um, just in opening with that idea, I want to go, so I'm going to go straight to the doctor. When you, you've seen this, Stacey, oh my God, you've seen it in so many different formats. And I even believe now you're seeing people run in a way that you've never seen before. What is your response to that? What do you say to that? And how can we begin the process of helping people to stop, drop and roll? Um, so of course, um, <clears throat> I've been in mental health for a while now. And even before that, um, I've always worked in social services in some capacity or another. So I've always, you know, been helping people. Um, <clears throat> but I think basically what it all goes back to is number one, uh, trauma, which at the underlying base of trauma is stress. And mm -hmm. so when we think about stress, uh, most people, you know, they automatically go to the, of course, negative definition of stress, the distress, which mm -hmm. of course, that is what trauma is. That's the base of it. We do have another kind of stress. It's called eustress, which a lot of people don't know about that, but that's the good stress we have. So that's the stress that pushes us forward. Um, so for example, uh, Naila was saying she's studying for her um, counselor's exam. So even though that's a stressful thing, she's studying, having to learn all this information, when she passes it and she gets her license, <clears throat> then that's the goal, that's the reward. So even though, yeah, she went through that whole stressful time, it still ends up in something positive. So we call that mm -hmm. the positive stress. It ends in something good. But we actually deal on the trauma side of it with distress. So when it comes to people running, as humans, we have what's called fight or flight or freeze. Mm. And so 
What it actually comes from is when that stress, that negative stress kicks in. So we have some stressful situation out there. Our bodies are going to do one of three things, fight, flight, or freeze. So okay. you talked about running. So that's going to be the flight part of it. And I think for us, it's even deeper than that just being in us as humans. Okay. I think it basically, it all goes back to really the historical trauma or the intergenerational trauma. And so mm. for us as African-Americans, <clears throat> our trauma started over in Africa. Right. It didn't start when we got over here. And so just from us being taken out of our native land, out of our motherland, being brought to a new country, um, you know, you probably heard the accounts of um, when they did take them as slaves over there, you know, they chased them down, you know, beat them, all kinds of stuff. So that's where the trauma actually started. And so for us, a lot of that is just ingrained in us genetically. So right. when we talk about running, um, there is some part of us, some unconscious part in our brain where we go back to, we've always run from things. We had to run from being captured, okay? Then they brought us over here and of course we were slaves and you know our ancestors were trying to get away, so they were running. So for us, it's always been this running pattern and that has been passed down. So for me, uh, the connection is we've always had to run and we've always had to fight. So we're fighting the racism, we're fighting the oppression. And so mm -hmm. for some of us, we've never been taught to slow down. Mm. And actually get ourselves centered and in a good place. Because, of course, if you're running and if you've ever been in one of those situations where um, <clears throat> maybe you got scared. And I remember um, this is in my younger days when I was, you know, still out there partying. Uh, we were down in Galveston at the Kappa Beach party. <laughs> ah. All of a sudden, like we're just walking. Everybody's having fun. And then the people in front of us, like everybody just turns around and starts running. Well, we ran too. So we ran probably a good mile out of breath, sweat and everything else. And then finally everybody stops and it's like, what are we even running from? Nobody even knew. We never figured it out that day. <laughs> we just see people running. So for us, I think it's because we've always had to either, you know, we're fighting against something, you know, or we're having to run away from it. And of course, sometimes that's just us not wanting to deal with the issues that are in front of us. Sometimes it's just easier to run. But mm -hmm. I tell people, you're wrong, but you're going to get tired. And guess what? Your problems are still there. So mm -hmm. you have to actually sit down and you have to face those problems. And you do not have to do it alone because, of course, we have mental health professionals. We have counselors that will sit down with you, help you figure out what those issues are so that you can stop running from them. So I think for us, we do need to actually slow down and deal with the issues that we're facing and not just automatically think, <clears throat> oh, you know, we need to run. Because like you said, if you run, that's basically just giving more oxygen to the flames and the fire and you're going to burn up versus if you calm yourself down, stop, drop and roll, then you can extinguish those flames. Mm, 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 mm. All right. I'm going I'm to pass it down to CC. I sure <laughs> want to touch it, man. I want to touch that. But talk to us, Naila. That was good. Well, Stacey. I think that was a beautiful analogy that you use here and everything that Dr. Page said <laughs> was dead on. I want to break down the, three different kinds of trauma real quick. So we have acute trauma, which is like one incident because all those things matter, right? Mm -hmm. When you identify the kind of trauma you have, you have chronic trauma, which is repeated prolonged trauma, like domestic violence and abuse. That's so something that you can develop over time. Okay. So when, when my mom would come home and I knew I was going to get a whooping every day, what trauma is that? <laughs> That's chronic. Right? Okay. Chronic I, had, I just want to identify my trauma. I mean, I, 
Yeah, you like. <laughs> I'm just saying. When you said that, I felt I had a healing moment. I had a healing moment. Okay, all right, all right. Let me get back to it. I'm just saying. All right. I'm to, wait, wait. Listen, I told the audience I'm a patient audience, so y'all okay. excuse me. I am okay. in a session. Y'all just happen to hear okay. my session. I just acknowledged. <laughs> And I know what kind of trauma. So, all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So then we have like complex trauma when there's exposure to multiple different traumatic events. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're, you're continuously experiencing different forms of trauma. And then sometimes okay. like they can just all go together in your head. So your body keeps the score of all the traumas you experience. There so it is right there. When you talked about like the fight, flight, freeze, there's also a piece. Sometimes when you experience trauma, you try to please and appease mm -hmm. your abuser because that's mm. something that you may think is normal. And that's something mm. that we don't always know about. Like Dr. Page was mentioning other things that other topics or forms of stress that were good. We didn't even know about that. Right. But you also <laughs> have please and appease. So if you're in a situation where you're around your abuser continuously, sometimes we do adapt and we're not in our right state of mind, right? Because we're thinking mm. from a traumatic perspective and we're trying to please so that we don't have to deal with those issues again. Um, with the flight, mm. like that's the running. You remember air adds fuel to the fire. Um, mm. The fighting, you know, that's us trying to fight something. And then the freeze where you don't even know what to do. People always say, well, if such and such did this to me, or if this happened to me, this is what I would do. You never know until you're in a situation how okay. you're going to react or respond to that trauma. So in learning different coping skills, like learning how to stop, take a moment, take some breaths, <laughs> do the four box breathing, where you inhale for four seconds through your nose, hold for four seconds and exhale for four seconds through your mouth and do it five times to get recentered. Um, doing all kinds of different strategies of exercising. When you know better, you do better. So mm -hmm. a lot of times we don't know what to do to cope because we don't know what it looks like to cope because mm -hmm. we haven't been taught that. And we're not comfortable going to a counselor because mm -hmm. we've told not to talk about the family's business. We've been told that what <laughs> happens at home stays at home. And that's typically what happens in the African-American communities and the majority of minority communities, which is why people don't seek the help that they need. So right. that's why trauma continues to happen and it becomes complex. Hmm. Okay. All right. Y'all, okay. Y'all, y'all get ready because here, here it comes. So I want to go back to the fourth one. You said, let me make sure, I, is it a piece? Mm -hmm. Anila, appease. Mm -hmm. So you said appease is when you try to please the individual, mm -hmm. or is it the individual or the circumstance that's causing the mental and the trauma? It could be both, right? Okay. So, okay, well, I have to go back and I have to change what I said then, because like I said, I just, I learned that just now. So when I say stop, drop, and roll, we got to, I have to think of a different um, term because when you're trying to appease something, you don't run away from it. You turn to it. So there's no running involved. None. It's, it, you know, if, oh man, that gives a whole definition. So if you're listening to me, listening to us, you got to search your heart and begin. I want you to think. And maybe you can't have this conversation with anybody yet. Maybe you can. I want you to think about the things that 
you normally probably would have ran from, but you haven't ran. You have turned around and you are embracing it, trying to please it, make it happy, um, be good with it, whatever your term is. I think that's something very important to identify. And as we know, man, when you say go on for years, decades and time, man, time, 30 years have passed just like that. I mean, just like that. So I think it's important as we're talking, I hope you're taking notes. I hope you're thinking about these things as it relates to your own life. Or even if you know somebody, you may even recognize these signs. So for me, that's very, very important. So now when I do have this the opportunity to share, that's going to be something I really, really have to consider because before I never would have considered that, that I'm actually trying to appease the thing, the trauma thing, you know, the trauma. Oh man, that's powerful. Thank you for sharing. That's why we have the New Balance podcast. Listen, a new beginning, when I say second chances, new, uh, new balance could be just a new balance is I'm getting new information. I had this balance. I have the new information. Now I'm balanced. Right. So get the information so you can have the balance that you need. That's good. Good. Great. Great information. Do you want to add anything to that, Dr. Page? Um, no. Yeah. So I think now, um, even though we said it, because true, you need to stop, drop and roll. But there are instances I'm going to keep I'm going to say it again, where you're not even running. You're not stopping, dropping and roll. You're just on fire and you're turned to the thing that's caused the trauma. That's man, that's mind boggling. That's, that's, that's tough. Um, <laughs> you, whenever we have a conversation, always the generational um, mental and the generational trauma, it always comes up. And I'm so glad that it does, because if you want to be whole, I think you have to look at the whole story. Okay, let me say it again. I'm, maybe I'm talking fast. If you want to be whole, which God promises us that we can be whole, many times we can't be whole because we don't look at the whole story. Meaning, I share it. I talk about it. I recognize there were some holes in my life because I could see the holes in my father's life. Right? Um, there is a such thing. Um, as passed down trauma that you can adopt and then you'll be fighting the trauma of what's been passed down and then just the trauma of your own life, right? So that is a real thing. But it's not enough for me just to know my dad's story. I need to know his dad's story and if possible, his father's story. Knowing that information gives me footprints, right? It gives me DNA. It gives me evidence of what's happening in my life. And then if I have children, it also makes me um, basically like a doctor to be able to diagnose what's going on in their lives. And that's good because that's one side. The other side could be used like, man, I don't even know who my father is. So if you don't know who your father is, nine times out of 10, you don't know who your grandfather is, you don't know. We have an answer for that, how you can dig into those things to find. So when you hear me say, if you want to be whole, you have to know the whole. So Stacy talked about, Dr. Page talked about um, how we got over here, things that happened before we got over here, the things that escalated once we got over here. And obviously, generation after generation, you know, we end up becoming free, but we, we become free with 
these bag with the baggage with us, right? So I think before we move on to some of the other things, um, how do we help people look at the baggage, right? Or how do we help people find out what that baggage is? Um, I want you ladies, because y'all, you guys have both had your experiences with different types of baggage. I think it'd be good for you to share um, maybe out your stories or what you've seen and how you've helped people identify that and move past it. We're going to go down low to our CC. Talk to us, Naila, about the baggage and how we help people move past it. How do you help them? Because that baggage, when you open it, it stinks, man. And most people, when they smell, like, oh, man, I ain't dealing with this. I'm going to lock it back up, throw it in the closet. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Hey, man, it's 2023. Anybody got time for that? No, man, you need to open that baggage up. Put your clothespin on, put your mask on. Okay, what you got to put on? Get in it. Let's dig it so we can move forward. Go ahead, ladies. I think really when you think about baggage, you think about the bag lady. Have you heard that song by Erica Badu? Badu? Bag lady. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I've heard you it. Keep yeah. adding stuff to your bag, right? Okay. And then okay. At, at some point it becomes too heavy for you to carry. Mm. Right? Okay. Because all we do is we keep adding. So in order to be able to address the baggage that you're carrying, you have to first acknowledge that you have something that you need to work on. Because if okay. you don't look it in the face and acknowledge it, you can't do anything about it. Okay. And once you address that, once you identify, hey, I do have a problem. I, I'm carrying around all this luggage that I can't do anything with. I can't solve it. Then you seek the help that you need. Because mm. even when you go through counseling, once you have a counselor and you're in counseling, you build the relationship, you do start to talk about what your issue is. But sometimes that issue triggers other things from your past. Mm. So you have to go back and you have to look at the past in order to process through that and then come to the present to be able to identify what changes you need to make to have a successful future. Mm. So that's what the that's the baggage part that's what i that's the piece i'm gonna say about it dr page okay before you go dr page that's thank you that's good no that's good stuff that's good stuff give us one nugget give us one nugget of a, maybe a baggage situation that you know that man naila i've been carrying this baggage just it's too long and i need to i gotta get rid of it give us some some nuggets because what i think um, you know, obviously I respect the both of you to the highest, but what I respect even more about what you do is that you have been the patient as well yes. while you're being the professional. That's what pe- I, I, I hope whoever, that's what we got to pull away from it. Like, can you still continue to lead even when you're bleeding, right? When you're the leader, you don't really get mm-hmm. the... I don't get to really just take myself out the game in that way. I got to continue to lead and I got to nurse this wound while I'm leading. So just whatever yes, you want to share. Because I think it's going to share. <laughs> you are because yeah, I want because yeah, I want I want I want to make the connection with this because we know it's not going away anytime soon. And look, um to all my subscribers too, I, I'm asking a huge favor. Um I hear from you all the time, right? But I'm in a season now. I need the people that I bring on, They need, I need them to hear what y'all are telling me. It validates the work that they put in. I want them to know how much their value, what they mean to you. So please, please put your comments. If you're watching it on YouTube, just leave a comment. Oh man, Naila, this or Dr. Page, 
please leave it. Please leave the comments. If you're listening on Apple Music, Spotify, however you please leave the com- the comments are very very key. I need them to know the impact that they're making. I had to put that in, um, and I've been doing it all year because I want you guys to know how much value you bring to this channel. Go ahead, Naila. So I got I have a, I'll mention two things. So for instance, my husband um, has been disabled, mentally ill for twelve years. Right. right? Most people wouldn't know that by looking at him, but he nope. experienced a lot of trauma in his childhood. People mm-hmm. don't understand why he doesn't want to go to family functions, why he doesn't want to go to birthday parties, why he can't go to some events with my daughter, why he can't celebrate some things that other people celebrate. Um, his diagnosis is he's bipolar, paranoid, schizophrenic with psychosis and dissociative identity disorder. And mm-hmm. this comes from being abused from the age of three years old say all the way to like 13 years old. Mm. Um, Several different forms of abuse, a lot of complex trauma with no counseling. He didn't get any help until something happened, like what I mentioned before, and it triggered everything. His mom Mm. passed. She didn't know anything about what happened to him, nothing that happened. And she had him when she was a child. She had him when she was 15. So it was like a trickle down effect, right? And he hasn't been able to work since. But as a wife, it's difficult for me also because I still have to hold down the fort regardless, right? Because people don't understand mental illness. You know how if somebody's diabetic, you know they're diabetic, they have to change their diet, right? Mm -hmm. If someone has high blood pressure, they can't have too much sodium. But Mm -hmm. with mental illness, people want to see it on the outside, but you can't always see it on the outside. Wow. It's something internal. Now, there Mm -hmm. are things you can see on the outside that may happen due to medication, right? You may lose hair. All kinds of things happen, you know, as as an effect of the medication, but you don't know. And people always make assumptions. They assume like, oh, people don't want to come do this because of this, or people are just being antisocial. And that's not what it is. It's because they have social anxiety. Mm. It's because if they are manic at that point, um, are in the episode, it's not good for them to be around other people because if they have the associative identity disorder, you could be getting a different personality and not know yeah. what to do with that. Right. So I think that in, in society today, mental illness is not a show me situation. We really need to be cognizant and aware of how we say what we say and the fact mm-hmm. that kindness, oh my gosh, kindness is so, so important. My husband told me the other day, he said, dear, why is it that when I go driving with the windows down, people were looking at me with their eyes, but like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he in this neighborhood? I'm like, dear, because you were six foot two, big old black man. <laughs> and you got on a white beater <laughs> and some sweatpants. And you got, yes, you're driving a newer vehicle, but you got the windows down. Yes, you're just going to Valero for your daily or chata. They don't know that. Right, right. I yeah, got you. Why is it that, you know, people when they see me or I talk, they act like they, I'm like, dear, you have a heavy voice, you have a presence, okay. you have an aura, even though you don't think you have those things you do, you're still a black man at the end of the day. So it's like, right. it's, it impacts everybody. It also impacts mm-hmm. me, but I have to hold it down. I remember my dad said one day, um, we were moving and he had never, he was like, oh, ain't nothing wrong with Cody, you can go to work. I was like, okay. And he's, he didn't take his medication for the bipolar disorder that day. 
and somebody got a piece of pizza. It was like the biggest piece of pizza. And he like went left. And he was like, man, if you would talk to me like that, we'd have been rolling around on the floor. He was like, yeah, I could tell something different about Cody. I'm like, so he has to not take his medication for you to believe he actually has a mental illness. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You have to see it. So mm. I think that when you're a caretaker and when you have to help take care of somebody, you have to take care of yourself too. Um, mm. Because it's a lot of work. And yeah. there are a lot of people who have people in their family who suffer and struggle with mental illness. Um, and they may be seeing a psychiatrist, but they're not seeing a counselor. The right. counselor is what helps bridge the gap between mm -hmm. the psychiatrist prescribing the medication and you actually learning what you need to do to cope because the psychiatrist listens to identify the symptoms, right, Dr. Page, to identify what they need to prescribe. They do talk to you a little bit, but for the most part, you do need to work with a counselor. Because mm -hmm. the counselor is going to help you break some of those things down, identify different components, and help you start going through the layers. Because gotcha. there are so many different layers of mental illness. Man, I told y'all that. Now, that's a bag right there to unpack. <laughs> shout out. Hey, listen, shout out to my homie, Cody. Much love to you, man. He's been a champion allowing us to share that story. That means a lot to me. And, uh, you know, as we say from the five boroughs, yo, son. Appreciate you. <laughs> Appreciate you, son. 